Ellen Keane and you are listening to The D Word, a podcast about disability where I ask my guests the questions everyone is thinking but might be too afraid to ask. This is an opportunity to educate and inform while also sharing our stories like never heard before. There are going to be highs, there are going to be lows, but I am hoping you're going to stick with me throughout this series and become more informed and less awkward when it comes to disabilities. My guest today is a woman who makes me laugh so much on social media. She is an illustrator, she is an author, and of course she's a comedian, because I went to go see her once. It is the beautiful and wonderful Aoife Dooley. Welcome to the pod, Aoife. Oh, thanks, Ellen. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm so excited for you to be here, not only because I want to have a chat with you, but because you are the person responsible for our artwork <laughs> and I'm really I'm really really appreciate all the work that you've done for it um it looks great oh I, I think the, the pictures turned out amazing the, pictures the colors like they really pop really 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 pop um so for people who don't know you could you maybe give a little bit of an introduction to yourself and your your kind of the journey that you've been on with maybe your disability Okay, um, so basically, I'm Aoife. Um, I'm, I knew you wasn't going to say there that I'm 27, but I'm actually 31. Jeez, where the years gone? Oh my but uh, I got diagnosed at 27 and I found out that um, I'm autistic, which um, was kind of a shock because I didn't actually know what autism really was. Um, but at the same time, I always knew that I was different. But um, I kind of, yeah, I, I found out at 27, which was quite late, like a lot of people would think. But um, actually... It's um it's quite normal I think for a lot of women on the spectrum to find out later in life as I as I found out after, but um before that I I I I've always worked in like illustration always loved drawing and uh, I went into comedy then as well and obviously like like write books like here and there like what I can, but um I was kind of I I didn't know I was autistic when I was doing all these things which was kind of um funny to me because um I, there was a part of me that was kind of masking in a way and masking is basically where you have to kind of it's almost like it's different for everyone but like it's almost like you rehearse before you go out to like talk to people or you kind of present yourself in a certain way because you don't want people to kind of pick up on your weirdness or spot that something's kind of off and I feel like I had been doing that for like a lot of my life through like uh, secondary school and college and kind of it was only after I found out then that I was kind of like oh no I can just be myself that's like you know it was really freeing to find out I think because I was like kind of lift off your shoulders when you got diagnosed yeah, it, it was a big weight lifted because I finally understood why I was so different because I didn't know for so many years, but I always knew that I was kind of like a little bit of a weirdo and I like being weird, <laughs> but I don't like how other people, pe- I don't like how other people would treat people for being weird, you know, that kind of way, mm-hmm. but I like being weird. But um, It's, it's part of, of you. Yes, yes, it is yeah. It's part of you. Um, it's so interesting because I actually got diagnosed with um, ADHD last year. Oh, no way. Yeah, and I, the reason I, why I went about getting diagnosed is because there's just something, like, I kind of always knew that there was something different, but, and, like, I'd be, I'd be so unorganized, and it would really, really grind on me, and it would really, really upset me that I was so unorganized, and no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't do it, mm-hmm. and it just didn't make any sense to me, so that's kind of why I went about getting 
the diagnosis um, was it something kind of like that that prompted you to get diagnosed or what prompted you oh no absolutely I was the same so when I was in like primary school I found it really hard to keep up like even the teacher was writing on the blackboard yeah like when I was in school they had blackboards I think but that's, that's yeah, <laughs> they had yeah, 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 yeah. the one I was there yeah yeah the teacher be rubbing out what she wrote to write the next line and I'd be like I didn't even have half that done yet like so um, I felt like I fell behind a lot like in school uh, in particular subjects like maths and anything that was kind of like you know difficult um, my teacher used to go around the classroom and do our times tables and she'd go like one by one like we would be doing like say the sevens and she'd be going through them and by the time it got to me I'd just freeze and I couldn't talk and it was just kind of yeah I think when you're a kid as well especially and you notice that about yourself and everyone else is doing kind of okay it does have that kind of effect on you where you feel like you're not good enough mm. and my parents kind of like I think they knew there was something up but they just didn't know at the same time and because um, I would have got tested for ADHD when I was a kid and didn't have it so they just assumed ah she's grand there's nothing like obviously there's nothing there because of course at that time like they didn't believe that like girls and women could be on the spectrum but yeah That's it was mad isn't it yeah yeah so it's a lot of stuff kind of like that I think that like would have like prompted me like I was struggling like even in like my own kind of personal life with like my partner and like just looking after myself like I'm terrible at looking after myself like and a lot of people would like look and kind of go well you're really successful at this you you have it all like you're doing this and you're look at this and I'm like yeah but you don't see me when I'm at home and like I, I literally like forget to eat or or I'm you know um, I'm working so hard all day that uh, I forget that I need to go to the bathroom no I don't mean that I'd actually like, go to the <laughs> toilet but like I just hold it in because I'm so focused and um, yeah and just all these kind of like it, it's like a number of things I think that for me I wanted to just find out what it was because I just always felt it you know that way mm. from like when I was really young so but yeah very similar to yourself where I was frustrated at why I couldn't do certain things that look so easy to other people mm, it's so annoying isn't it yeah yeah it's so frustrating and then it's kind of like because like what you were saying there about falling behind you nearly feel like stupid and you're like but I'm not mm. stupid I'm really I actually am really smart but I don't know how to like get it out that I I'm smart in other ways. Um, And how did you find getting the diagnosis, like as in the the process of going to your GP? Did you go to your GP or how did it happen? So how I went about it was, um, well, a friend actually mentioned it to me first and I just was like, what? Like I was blown away when he said it to me because he's autistic. And I was kind of like, what are you talking about? Like I was like, I know by now. And um, it was actually, I'd done a bit of research and went to... um, a woman called uh, Caroline Winstonley, she specialises in like, because basically you have to go private. I'm not sure if it's the same with ADHD when you're getting a diagnosis, but for autism, yeah, like you can't is. go through the HSE. So um, I was recommended to go to Caroline, not through my GP now, but someone else had said, and I was like, okay. So I um, I just emailed her and just said, listen, like I, I just want to apply for an assessment because I'm not really, I just have a feeling like, and I, I'd done a bit of research before, going to meet her because obviously like you know it's a lot of money that you can't like you know not everyone can just like throw like you know that money at an assessment so I wanted to make sure there was kind of you know there was a chance that I was before wasting my money in a way you know and um, it was funny because when looking into it I was like it blew my mind because it was like I was watching um, when other people were talking about their experiences like I'd start crying and stuff because it reminded me so much of myself like when I was in primary school and I was just like it was just such a, a shock in a way to kind of find out that like wow I felt really bad for my younger self that they had to go through all of that like and it was mm-hmm. that was really hard but finding out was like massive relief because I was like oh I finally I know now 
what it is. But then obviously after there's the kind of, you know, I think I needed counselling because there was a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. And I kind of was going back and replaying in my head going, oh, this happened because of this. And oh, I feel really bad because of this. And, you know, that kind of way, it, it's exactly really heavy. The same. It's very heavy, very yeah. heavy because you see things from a different uh, uh, angle now. You see things like that, like you didn't understand before. Like, so one of the biggest things for me was um, me and my sister, we we never really got on. Um, we kind of like were like always like like fighting with each other and stuff. And I remember the night that my mom died and um, we were locking up the porch. She just got taken off in an ambulance, like, but like she was still alive at this point in time. And I was 21 and my sister was 15 and we were locking up the house and I just turned around to my sister like so matter of factly like with like no emotion because I was so like like because I, I felt what was going on and I go I think mom's dead and she just looked at me and she was kind of like and we went in the car and she told me a couple of years after that I think it was before I got my diagnosis she said you'd no right like you're meant to look after me I'm your younger sister but I wanted her to look after me because I was kind of like I don't know what I'm doing here like you know like we both were in that kind of situation but I think when I found out that I was autistic she's like ah that makes sense <laughs> you know that kind of way so it's kind of it was nice for those kind of things as well for like my family to kind of understand me a bit better and like obviously like Carl like my partner and uh, some friends you know that it, it was nice for that but there is a lot of stuff like with bullying and stuff that's like it's heavy man like it's mm. it's heavy to kind of like look back and go whoa I, I survived that in a way like well, like without having any indication that you know I was struggling as bad as I was you know that way so yeah. yeah is that why you've gone down the road of you have your book now Frankie's Worlds which is all about is it kind of is it kind of your story as a child being a bit different being autistic um, and not really knowing why you're different is that why you went about making the book no absolutely um, because I wanted to um, I wanted to process it first because obviously it takes a long time to process I think and I'd been in counselling for a little while before kind of like starting the book but I still needed to go back because it's Mm. you know writing about your own experiences in that way is, it, it takes a lot out of you. So there, there's a lot in the book that would be based on my own experiences. So Frankie's mom um, has a heart condition like my mom did and she was in and out of hospital. So there's some really heavy parts in the book like that, but then equally some like funny stuff, lighthearted stuff too. But um, the bullying and stuff, all those things were kind of real experiences, but like just in different situations, I suppose. Like So they're all like lived experiences, but just kind of in different scenarios in the book. So there's actually, I've never actually told anyone this before. There's a, there's a, a part in the book where um, uh, I think one of the, the girls, one of the bullies goes to hit Frankie and uh, I think she gets her and then the other one goes to hit Frankie and she slaps one of the girls across the nose by accident because Frankie moves out of the way like that and she hits the other bully and uh, she or Frankie blocks it and her nose starts bleeding and um, that actually happened to me when I was a kid I was I was walking around the corner and these three bullies like you bullied me like um, they were like one of them slapped me across the face and uh, she goes now it's so and so's turn and then the other girl went like this and I just went and she slapped the bully in her nose to start gushing and I ran home I ran home and I was laughing I couldn't believe that it happened because <laughs> you know obviously when you're a kid and you're getting bullied like seeing something like that happen it's just kind of like how did that happen how did I do that like, how did I escape uh, now obviously <laughs> oh, how did I escape yeah obviously I didn't go out for a week after that but like, terrified. Yeah, I was terrified <laughs> so there's like definitely things like that that I've taken from my own experience like growing up like um, like you know but obviously Frankie kind of 
she finds out towards the end so she's still a kid when she finds out and then even when she goes to meet her biological dad like I did that but much later in life so mm-hmm. I was I think I was 24 when I went to went to meet my biological dad but he's definitely on the spectrum as well I think so it's like yeah so it's kind of um, I wanted to kind of link my own experiences in with it to make it more kind of real I suppose you know the kind of way like so because I know that other people have experienced similar things so it's relatable in that way and have you had lots of feedback from maybe kids on the spectrum or parents of kids on the spectrum the feedback has been um, it's been unbelievable like it's it's kind of it's it's really surreal because I've never felt like um, anything I've done has had such an impact before and in such a positive way where it's actually helping people and I feel weird saying that because like it's it's I'm not used to getting the kind of messages that I'm getting like I'm getting people messaging me saying that like oh thank you like my my son like never reads like he, he hates reading and he's read your book like five times I've had other people message say like oh my son loves like your your book like or my daughter loves your book and she cried reading it she relates so much to Frankie and there's like even people saying where like their kids bring it around as a safety blanket like when they're out and about like it's just kind of it, it's unbelievable like um, and it just I, I feel like I kind of I don't know I never felt like I fit in anywhere like and that's what I mean even in illustration and comedy and I feel like kind of I found a place and something that I was meant to do in a way and yeah. it kind of it really does have that feeling about it because it feels special and um, I know it sounds kind of weird I, I, I don't well, know you it, should it's, be yeah. proud of it oh no I am yeah I, I, I'm very proud that it, I, I'm even prouder that like kids are kind of being able to be themselves and seeing Frankie and using that as a kind of like no like it's okay to be different and I just didn't think that it would have that kind of impact so it's kind of it's blown me away (laughs) to be honest with you yeah but you created that book nearly out of like a passion project for yourself and you didn't it wasn't like you were making that book to try and get money from it or to try and like grow your profile or anything that was something really special to you but like there's that's what we need. That I nearly believe, like, the journeys that, like, you and I have been on, we've had to go on them mm-hmm. to stop other people suffering. And now you sharing your story is going to stop a little kid suffering and maybe even a little kid getting a diagnosis earlier on and understanding why they are the way they are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's kind of like um, the way I, 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 I've written the book is that, like, a lot of people who would pick it up and read it wouldn't know that, like, Frankie's autistic um, to begin with they just think oh okay she's she's a little bit different and it's at the end you kind of sorry spoiler alert but <laughs> you kind of find out towards the end and I've I done it in that way as well for other kids to be reading it to kind of go oh that's what autism is oh that's hey they're interested in the same things I am and you know just to show from a different perspective um, because I think that um a lot of people aren't given a chance when they're like a bit different, I think, especially in schools. So it's it's great that these books are in school, not just mine, but like mm. loads of different types of books are in schools, educating kids now on differences and kind of, you know, it's, um, it's amazing to see because I think that kids are uh, a lot more open-minded now because of that. Because I, I don't know about you, but I definitely didn't have books like that in school that we read about. I think I read in secondary school um, The Dog in the Night Garden or like The Curious Instant of the Dog. Oh, I- yeah 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 (laughs) well I read that too right and let me tell you like I'm not being I'm not being like um, rude or anything but uh, that just didn't relate to me at all as an autistic person like whatsoever I didn't even twig by reading that hey this is like me maybe I could be on the spectrum like and I wanted to kind of like with my book I wanted to make sure that like it was kind of people could relate to those things so they could feel that so it's you know it's more relatable but um, yeah sorry I'm waffling on now no (laughs) waffle on that's exactly what we want and uh 
when you got the diagnosis, was there ever kind of like a moment where you didn't you didn't believe it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was kind of, I think a lot of people go through that as well, which yeah, is funny. I it, it, I, loads of people go through it. It's actually such a common thing where after you find out, you're kind of like, I'm not really, though. It's I'm not really. Like, it's nearly like you're, you feel like you're making an excuse for your behavior. And then when you get the diagnosis, you're like, I've made that them say that I'm like ADHD yeah. for me and then autistic for you. It's nearly like they said what I wanted them to say, but I actually like lied my way into that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually like, so you didn't believe it. No, no. And it took me a while as well. Like, I think it's kind of, do you know what I think it is, though? I think it's such a shock. Because you don't actually, like, you go your whole life not knowing, like, what's going on, just knowing that you're different. And then when you actually find out, like, it's kind of like, I couldn't be, I couldn't. It's kind of like that, I think. Well, that's how it was for me, like, personally. And it was kind of, yeah, it's weird, I think. And there's a grief stage as well, like, obviously, where, like, we were talking about where you go back and think about, like, stuff Mm -hmm. that happened when you were younger. And there's all these different stages to it that I think... um, a lot of people don't talk about like they think like a lot of everyone always asks like oh it was such a relief when you found out and of course it was but that was the beginning of me kind of sorting my life out because I you know I was like like smoking weed all the time to kind of like just get me through the day like at one stage because I didn't know what was wrong with me and I was like going through grief after losing my mom and dad and do you know that kind of way mm. so there's like you know we're um, in a way um We've had to live in a world that wasn't kind of like set up for us yeah. and we kind of have to like take that on and then kind of go, okay, I understand now. What can I do now to kind of make my life, you know, easier or kind of to like, you know, understand myself a bit better? Like, so obviously now um, a really simple thing that's ridiculous. If someone asked me to go to a festival like Electric Picnic and, you know, they're all staying in a tent, um, you can fuck off. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going like... But like before, I probably would have put pressure on myself to go because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm being a dry shy. I don't want to go. And I didn't know what that feeling was. I thought that I was just being a dry shy, but I really didn't want to go. Like my, if my belly could talk, it'd be just like, oh, no, 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 you're not going. You're not going. And I'd have this like feeling like, so it's kind of, it's nice to kind of understand that now rather than just thinking you're a dry shy and you don't want to do certain things because certain things aren't for me now. But in saying that, I'll go to see Blink-182 next year because they're like my favourite band from when I was a kid. And if it's something like that, I will go and I will like, I'll, you know, I don't mind kind of being around people because I'll, you know, I can get me some my own space somewhere. But when it's in an environment where I have no control over, oh, no, I can't. I can't. Like, it's just, I think I get a bit giddy and uh, I just kind of, I end up like drinking like loads or I end up like, you know, I just kind of end up like, whenever I got, yeah, 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 yeah. I literally just end up like, because there's so much going on. It's too much for me, I think sometimes. You're overstimulated. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it comes to the word autism, do you, because I, 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 is it, am I right in saying that people who are autistic are, they're autistic? It's not we have autism or suffering from autism. I'm doing like the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. quote thing. Like, do you nearly get fr- frustrated at the language some people use when it comes to autism? Um, well, as I'm, 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 I'm only learning about this as I go along as well because I knew nothing about autism before. Like, and you know, I can understand when some people make a mistake when they say certain things. Like, um, but like uh, what I'm discovering is like, yeah, the majority of autistic people prefer to be called autistic, but there are some people who like to say with autism, and that's okay. That's each to their own, you know. But uh, the suffering with autism and these kind of things like I think they're they need to go like you know it, it, yeah. it, it, it's like it's not to say that 
it's not to say that people don't suffer on the spectrum because people do like you know like people do have like their individual like like, like hardships with like being on the spectrum like I think but um, I think it's just the language that's used it's it's meant to sound like it's a bad thing or you're you're with something or you're suffering from something it's it's there's no good that comes from it and for me um, I actually seen something really interesting the other day I seen apparently I, I, I look like I'm big in Spain I, I've seen this Facebook post <laughs> where like all like some Spanish um, uh, blog an autistic blog was talking about me and um, I seen one of the comments and it said something like um, oh some autistic people have it all though don't they because they seen me and like what the kind of stuff that I was doing and as I said um, I think those kind of like labels and terms that people use um, make it harder for people who are also you know like ASD1 so being like three categories like ASD1 ASD2 and ASD3 and it makes it harder for people on ASD1 to get support needs because people think that they're just doing just fine because they're able to do certain things as well so mm-hmm. I think language is very important in that ca- in that case because it, it brings a lot of understanding because someone who has AD, a- ASD3 um, could like be like literally struggling with very similar things to what I'm struggling with, but like I'm just able to um, mask and hide it more when I'm out, or do you know that kind of way? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So those ASD one, two, and three are they just the different kind of classifications of yeah. autism? So it'd be like um, basically uh, it'd be like now I, I don't know if I'm right with the language here, but it'd be like higher needs and lower needs kind of like so like mm-hmm. I'd be kind of um, basically what I'm uh, diagnosed with is uh, formerly known as Asperger's but okay. we, we don't we actually don't say that anymore because I looked into the history of this and I was like why can't you say Asperger's and Hans Asperger's was actually um, I think he was like a doctor in Nazi Germany and he used um, like autistic kids he called them little geniuses and he used them like for like like basically studying them and I think a lot of them got killed so that's why that yeah, that's oh, why you don't. They don't say that. Anymore. That's why people don't say Aspergers anymore. Yeah, oh it's a, yeah. I didn't realize. I didn't you know, know that. I didn't it's know fascinating, that. Fascinating. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that anymore. When did they yeah. stop using that? I think it's only quite recently. Well, don't go by my word. I just I just see people talking about <laughs> it, and I'm kind of like, okay, like you know, but, but they're sure. So scrolling. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see Elon Musk going on SNL, and he says I have Aspergers, but like as I said, it's each their own. But I think people have moved away from it because of what it's connected with. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like, um, it's ASD one, two, and now I think so it's autism spectrum disorder do you know um, when you are going for a job now and like pre and post diagnosis and now like people know that you have autism yeah um, is it nearly are you treated differently is it nearly easier to get a job now because as soon as I, I don't know what it is it's nearly like on the internet now, people are like, oh, autistic people are geniuses. And it's literally like, we need an autistic person in, in our workforce because they're the creative one. They're the one that is going to be able to see things that we can't see. Um, have you had any of that? Um, I haven't had any. I, I've had work that I've done uh, specifically around like uh, autistic campaigns for As I Am and those kind of things, but working with autistic people. So I haven't actually had any companies... Um, contact me specifically I think for like that kind of like like trait and kind of like being able to hyper focus and like but I think people would come to me for um, my work itself but then it's like an added bonus when I get stuff done um, quickly for them or I have like you know like this huge amount of work done in a day and they're kind of like whoa 
So I'm kind of always on it in that way. Well, mm-hmm. I like to think I am, <laughs> maybe not over the last couple of months because I have a few deadlines. No, you but, are. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know firsthand. <laughs> but um, it's kind of like, yeah, like it, it, I haven't had... Um, I've had a few jobs in relation to around it, but like, yeah, I don't think anyone's contacted me spe- specifically. And it's funny in saying that because I think in a way when I, I don't know about other autistic people, but when I worked in an office, I worked in an ad agency for a couple of years in 2017 and I, I was not hyper-focused, let me tell you. I was wrecking everyone's head in the office, like laughing and giggling and, and like just playing pranks on people. Like I was so giddy to be working in a place with people, like actual people, because I worked alone for so long and I just couldn't. I'd been working there for like six months and I was still the same and my boss would find me down the end of the, the room. He'd be like, Eva. I was like, oh yeah, but this is the thing. I turn around to him, I was like, oh yeah, he'd be like, have you got your work done? I was like, oh yeah, I got that done at 11 this morning and he'd be kind of like, what? Like that was loads. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, like this kind of thing. So it's like, like yeah, now yeah. I'm just, now it's playtime. Yeah, now it's playtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was kind of like that, but like it was hard to focus down there as well. I think because um, I had so much fun with everyone who who worked there. You know that way. I do miss like having the laugh in there. But um, I do work better alone, though. I, yeah. I, I Are you working alone more. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my studio in my apartment, so I have a little kind of like office space. And then I am going to be working actually in another studio as well. We have a little print kind of hut that's in uh, Carl's um, like workplace. So we're going to be like doing like uh, print and stuff there and also probably jump between the two. So I get out of the house a bit more because, yeah, like it's like when you work from home, sometimes you forget to go out for a walk. Yeah, definitely. I've got dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love to get a dog, but I don't think my landlord would allow it. I might get like a pet lizard to put a lead in it or something and bring it out, bring it out like walk a little walk around town the girl with blue hair walking her lizard yeah, a big monitor lizard or something yeah Gas. Um, what was I going to say um, I know you and I have talked online about um, misrepresentation of kind of disabilities when it comes to in movies and stuff do you want to mm. tell the pod, speak on the pod a little bit about that and I know I'm specifically thinking of one movie <laughs> yeah there's a lot though I suppose like and it, it, it's actually it, it's a good question because it's um there's it a broader kind of um conversation conversation yeah. there as well in relation to um how um the, the the images that depict us so the images that are made um, like you know like these puzzle pieces and uh, you know like uh, autism it will have like you know sorry I know I'm pointing at my jumper here and obviously you can't see because it's a podcast but we'll have like A-U-T-I-S-M and it will have all you know awesome uh, oh, these things and it's it's the thing about it is and I talked about this actually on my Instagram before and someone actually turned around to me and they're like you're not autistic a wet minute as in like what are you talking about yeah and, and I was like, like I've been autistic my whole life yes exactly exactly <laughs> but, but it, 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 I thought it was a really interesting take because um, like like from what I was talking about because the imagery that's made around us about us isn't made by us mm-hmm. it's made by people who are not autistic and it's it's like um, infantile, like it, it's 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 childish, and it doesn't do anything for the community. Like it doesn't. When I look at something like that, like I don't look and go, "That's a good design," or "That kind of represents me." Um, I'm looking at it, kind of going, "Oh yeah, that's that's what autism is." Like these designs, like they're mass produced, and they're kind of like. 
I don't know that it does kind of as a designer as well obviously I'm a bit kind of like finicky with that stuff but like it does look cheap to me and it, it's it's like I don't know I think we deserve better in like that kind of representation and I've seen so many great autistic illustrators and painters and designers and it's starting to change a bit now and like even the same with movies what you're talking about like it's you know we're getting like autistic representation where like there's actual autistic people playing autistic people in shows mm-hmm. which I think is amazing and um, but yeah there's a lot of movies and stuff out there that are like awful um, Sia's in particular um, definitely one I think that um, I just honestly think that that like I just I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than you know nothing uh, about us without us kind of thing like or yeah. that, that phrase that like people say because yeah it just seems like all her research was done through uh, Autism Speaks um, and Autism Speaks is um it's basically I don't even know what what you'd call it. It, it. They're based in America, and um, they are like I think it, it's 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 not a good place. Like basically, I think they they they're like a charity, and I don't know too much about it. But like they, it's I think like an institution of what they think. Yeah, yeah. The, the way are. they talk about it, yeah. The way they talk about it is. I think they are more about looking for a cure for autism and stuff like that. Like, and that's predominantly where the puzzle piece logo came from. That's why everyone uses the puzzle piece because Autism Speaks has the puzzle and that's where it kind of, that's, that's their logo. Like, and, um, yeah, they, 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 I think they promote loads of different kind of therapies that have been proven really like bad for, for, for autistic people and these kind of things. Like, uh, um, I think it's uh, there's a, there's a few different ones now. Like I, I wouldn't like know too much about, but I've listened to other people talking about who've been through them personally, who've been on the spectrum and said that they've got like PTSD after it, like because they've been forced into a situation where they have to be like everyone else instead of being comfortable with who they are and and just kind of taking things at their own pace and doing things their way. They're being told to do it like this way and kind of like um more like um um. Uh, you know, a neurotypical way, you know, the kind of way. Yeah. So it's kind of... Nearly, if you were to simplify it, would it nearly be like back in the day when they used to force people to write with their right hand yes. instead of their left, even yeah. their left-handed? Very similar. So like you're, you're like, it's like with certain therapies where like, you know, they, they, they try to get kids to talk. It's like that kid's probably going to talk in their own time on their own time but like yet yeah, they're surrounded by loads of people telling them like you know like you have to try this and then it's so always harmful. it's all yeah and it's always such a a, a a a great thing when the kid talks and obviously I can't speak on this because I don't have a child uh, I don't have an autistic child and I don't know what that feels like for a parent hearing your kid talk for the first time I'm sure it's amazing but I think that should be on the kids terms and not like you know where they've gone through therapy to to do this because um I don't know how that will affect them in the future and like you know how that therapy was for them and either will they they won't know until they're older either and I'm sure they'll talk to you about it then like as they get older kind of you know mm. I've no idea it's it's such a kind of um it's such a kind of a um, odd area to go because everyone is so different like you know mm. so it's kind of you know hard to speak for everyone on that one as well but I think that um Sorry, I'm waffling on no, here. Waffle I think away. that's a, yeah, but I do think it's um the representation is changing, but like yeah. there's still a lot of shite out there, like like Rain Man and all these kind of things like that. Like people usually kind of like so associate annoying. like autistic traits with even um atypical. I watched atypical on Netflix. Yeah. I enjoyed it as a show, but did I enjoy it for its autistic representation? No, absolutely not. Like it's just like it was, um, it was it wasn't good. 
going forward and looking to the future, do you uh, are you going to keep working really hard on like representation and and continuing to tell the story of different types of autism and I think so yeah like I want to I want to go into it more um, after I finish working on uh, my next deadline which I can't <laughs> talk about right now but um, an exciting deadline an exciting deadline will be revealed yeah, we'll be I don't even yeah. know what it is <laughs> I'm guessing it's going to be revealed in the future but yeah no I do I do want to do that and I want to do more talks in schools and like just educating people on you know what autism is to me because I can't really educate people on what autism is because it's mm. different for other people but like I can probably show or shine a light on what it's been like for me and what it was like for me in school and those kind of things. So I definitely want to go into talking about it more and now that I've processed it because I find, I don't know about yourself, but I find it's particularly when you're autistic and you find out you don't have time to process, you don't have the time to process it all very quickly. It takes time. Mm -hmm. So other people are asking for you for advice and questions about things and you're kind of like, it's a lot like, so kind of now that I've had the time to process it myself, I definitely want to kind of, yeah, spend more time kind of focus on that kind of area and then like with like Frankie stuff as well because I can kind of tell it through her mm -hmm. story like so yeah mm -hmm. is there going to be a oh I was is this what the oh no, well, maybe maybe uh, who knows maybe, a part who knows? two who Frankie's who knows, who knows? adulthood <laughs> who knows um, do you because autism is obviously a disability but would you identify as being Disabled, like, would you own that word as well as... Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the word disabled or disability. Mm. And, like, literally, like, you can you can sit there and say, oh, autism is great. I have all these things I'm absolutely great at because of it. But there's also things that I'm terrible at because of it, too. And it, it is, like, disabling to me, like, in certain ways. So, like, I, I, I think that, like, I think that word... Whatever about autism, I think the word disability and disabled, people think it's like a dirty word or like they, they kind of like literally like what your podcast is about. Yeah. Like they think it's like a bad word and it's not. It's not at all. Like, so, yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to me to kind of own that word because mm. like people are so afraid of it. Yeah. And then when they see like someone who's functioning and they're saying they're disabled, it nearly like takes away a bit of the, the, the negative power that the word might hold. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I think it's kind of one of those things as well that, like, with language, it's going to change hopefully soon as well, like, where people are kind of, like, bit by bit going to understand that. And I think there's so many people talking online now about it and just their own experiences. And, you know, I think that, like, uh, with social media, particularly TikTok, like, TikTok's huge now, like, and there's so many people talking about it on there. Like, I think that, like, it's only... Uh, no, equally, there's there's shite on there too. I won't get into that. That's for another time. But there's so so many great things on there where people are talking about like their experiences, and hopefully, like in, in years to come, it'll be one of those things where it won't even be a thing. Like where like people yeah. are just literally accepted for who they are you and just accommodated for. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right. We're on to our last question. So as I mentioned, I'm a brand ambassador for Allianz, who believe we all have the power to write our own future. So this final question is from them. So, Aoife, if you had the power to write one specific thing into your future, what would that be? Oh, that's a that's a tough uh, question. Can I just say as well, is this the ad that you were in? When, when you're like basically little girl yeah <laughs> I watch that ad I don't know how many times and I cry every time I watch Aww. it it's because it's, I and I don't cry because like an inspiration porn way I cry because I'm like like she did it 
she did it and like like everyone like like I just I, I love that ad I just want to say to you, I, I do it's like I just I love Stop it you're going to no I do it, it, it it's so powerful it's so powerful because it just shows a little girl who's unsure about herself and then she just f***ing owns it and I just I love it I just wanted to say that by the way you brought up but I'm sure, but, I'm sure but, Allianz will love that little yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think now oh no I always like I swear to God but uh, that's a really that's a really uh, hard question I don't know what I'd write into my future I suppose, like, one of the main things would be that, like, um, maybe that, like, my books, like, help kids who are on the spectrum in some way and kids who aren't just to kind of, like, you know, I hope it gets out there enough that, like, like people can see themselves in it and there's that kind of representation. But, like, not just with my books, but, like, with other books mm-hmm. about disability too. But I don't know. That's, t- that's too... Um, do you know t- what your books direct- are going to do as well? They're gonna like teach kids how to be kinder to different people. Well, that's it. That that's what I, I would like as well. And that's there's actually a section in the back of Frankie's world of how to be a good friend and what a good friend is and these kind of things. So, I kind of would like to hope that they'd make some difference in that. Like, I'd, I'd like that written into my future. That like, you know, maybe my book is like on a shelf in someone's house and, you know, it, it, it's you know, it, it helps someone like kind of you know that kind mm. of way. But um, I don't know. That's too broad a question. Like that's that's not a good question for an autistic person. Because like, <laughs> it's too. I just can't because there's so many things. There's like Eva's brain yeah. is currently yeah. exploding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's too many things. You can see all the colours coming out of her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just uh, just there's way too many things. But I think at the moment that's that's really what's um, important to me. That uh, kids are seen and their voices are heard and they feel like they can kind of like... Because I, I was really bad at reading when I was younger. I only started reading probably in the last two years in graphic novels. And when I finish a book, I'm like, I finished a book. I finished a book. I can write a review. Oh, my God, I finished a book. And it's such a, a confidence boost. So I want like other kids to feel that as well who are probably being told that they're stupid like I was because they can't read and they don't can't focus in that way. So that as well, I think... I think that's what's most important, like those kind of things to me now, to be very nice. Thank you very much, Eva. Oh, thanks, Alan. Sorry for yapping the ears off you. Jeez, I swear I haven't talked to anyone in a decade the way I was like, <laughs> <laughs> You've been sitting yeah. in the studio for too long. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have. I have, absolutely. <laughs>